to knocking off the Chiefs. Where were they? We're going to talk about the playoff games this weekend. We're going to talk about a new, kind of new coach Mm -hmm. in the AFC West and how all of this impacts the Broncos on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Joined by Super Bowl 50 champ Todd Davis, Henry Chisholm, Zach Stevens rolling with you on today's podcast. Fellas, Mm -hmm. over under uh, uh, 10 hours of football watch for you this weekend. Uh... Probably over. Every game is three yep. hours. I think yeah. I watched yep. at least four. Yeah. Yep. I did. So last night during halftime, I had to go down to the grocery store to get ice cream. Um, you had to, of course. Well, I did have to. It sounds like it's a choice, but it wasn't my choice, so I had to. Mm, um, smart. And so when I was down there, so I like I leave, I get down there, I'm like watching on my phone, but it like hung up for a second. Like I couldn't, I missed like two plays. So I did miss two plays, like the beginning of the second half of that game. But I saw the rest. Damn, you did. You yep. missed two plays. Yep. That that's more than me. That's impressive. But yeah, yeah I'd say over impressive. for sure. What? Did, yeah. What'd you say? About twelve hours of football, probably. Yeah. Yep. And I can't wait until next Sunday. We got to start with. Was it the best game of the weekend? Bills Chiefs. Yeah, it was a pretty good game, all the way around. Mm-hmm. It. I think it was. After the first quarter, I feel like the Chiefs were in the dominating position. The Bills were able to run the ball to start. But then the Chiefs were able to run the ball, and they were able to throw the ball. And then they started playing good defense. And then the Bills just started giving the game away with a fake punt and a fumble that really should have been a scoop and score. Mm -hmm. Like, there was so many opportunities for the Chiefs to win the game. I feel like they were in the driver's seat after, especially the second half. So they had, uh, apparently, like, the Chiefs' return team only had 10 guys out there. So one of the things, I think it was Tony Romo in there was like, yeah, you know, sometimes that's like a check. Did you guys have that? When you were the special teams captain, mm-hmm. where like if there's ten guys, we're just running a fake. Not necessarily ten guys, but like based on the box, okay, and based on like where we are on the field. Like you know, the PP is the person who's going to call the check, and we can only call it like if we're in, in on the other side of the forty-five yard right. line, okay. or it's a light box. Mm, but we're okay. not calling it where they called it last night, regardless of who's on the field. Like we're mm. going to punt this ball away, well, especially for three yards. Yeah, like like if it was like one yard and you think you like you got numbers, you just want power this straight ahead, then maybe. But like that one, they had a ways to go. Like it didn't look like it was ever going to work. It was so bad. The thing that blew my mind, Tony Romo, who brings all the energy, they just like glazed over that it was a fake punt that totally failed and mm-hmm. potentially cost the Bills the game. Yeah, that was that was bad. It was terrible. And who's their who's their uh, personal protector? I don't know. We can check. Uh-huh. It because it was Demar Hamlin that got it was. the snap. It would have been him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if there were two, but yeah, it might have been him. See, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that decision. Mm. When I was playing special teams, our punt protectors or PPs were always like running backs. Yeah. So right. when they get this ball, right. it's almost like running another play on offense. Yeah. It's very different. 
um, than just having, you know, DeMar Hamlin, who's a DB yeah. and athletic, you know, take the snap. I think he's going to find the right hole. Damn, yeah. so you're saying you shouldn't have got that ball. I mean, I could have. <laughs> could have got three yards. I think I could still get three yards. <laughs> I also love the where Todd's legs joke. Oh, pretty nice. good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to yeah. me, I mean, if if you're gonna, I agree. It, if you're the special teams coordinator, you say like we're not doing it here, regardless. Mm-hmm. But if you're Sean McDermott and you want the opportunity to go for it, put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. Exactly. Like he should be the one with the ball. Exactly. And, well, I don't know. I think if they would have <laughs> won that game last night, it had nothing to do with Josh Allen. Yeah, I didn't think he played spectacularly. It would have been more about the running game and how they were able to dominate the first two mm-hmm. quarters. Yeah. But like Josh Allen, even when he had opportunities, he didn't really make the most of it. Yeah, he had the one drop to Diggs. But besides that, he wasn't finding a lot of open receivers and making big plays, I felt like. I mean, he had – was it Diggs who was wide open in the end zone when he, he threw missed. it? No, it was number 10. Yeah, Shakir. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who was he State. I yeah. mean, was he like the best player on the Bills offense yesterday? So maybe a Seems good guy like, to be yeah. thrown to. But, I mean, he – Josh – Josh and, and Diggs, when it mattered the most, boy, they didn't come up. Mm-mm. I mean, Diggs, I know he's probably going to go on quite a tour this offseason of creating drama. His brother's probably going to be throwing stuff out there about how he should be traded. Yep. You have, what, a 65, 70-yard yeah. bomb? Hits your hands, mm-hmm. goes yep. right through them. You're, you're part of the problem. You need to play better, too. Absolutely. And then, you know, he was, he was also wide open on a drag mm-hmm. on that same route where he uh, missed the open receiver in the end zone. Yep. And that was the time when they like, felt like they were trying to kill the clock. Oh, you don't yeah. have to go for a touchdown right now. You just need to keep the ball moving. This will get you a first down, take the easy money, and keep rolling. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I think it's everybody as, as, at some point. You know? Yeah. I didn't mind him going to the end zone there. Like, I, I get why you wouldn't because you want to, like, run the clock down, all that sort of stuff. But at that point, there's, like, two and a half minutes left or something, right? Right around there. And you have a receiver open in the back of the end zone. Yeah. And you have a chance to go up four. So you, you're forcing them to need a touchdown going back. Like, I know it's, like, the too much time and all that sort of stuff, which is true. But the other option is that, like, you wind up with three points and then their field goal can win it. Or you wind up going to overtime instead of winning. Like, you do really, really, really want the touchdown there. And when you see him coming open... It's tough to pass up. Now, it's also tough when you just have him wide open right uh-huh. in front of you for like a free first down. And that was a second down, right? I think that was second and 10. So you could have made it a short yep. third down versus a third and 10. So I get the math. I don't mind him going to the end zone there because like it's it's Josh Allen. Like if you're not throwing that ball, like what's the point of even having him? But I think it's tough. I think there's a lot of plays like that in football because as, <clears throat> as a linebacker, you know, my coach would always like have this saying, like, if you take it, you better make it. So basically, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm lined up on the right side and the run is going left, all the old linemen are scooping their blocks to come to me on my left side. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lane for me to go back door and potentially make the play. But if I take it and I don't make that play, he can hit his head on the yeah, goalpost. Yeah, yeah. So my coach would always tell me, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a good opportunity here, but if you take it, you have to make it. You can't <laughs> that's, miss. That's and true. that's the same thing I feel with that play. Yep. If you take that shot, you have to make it because if you miss, we're now the clock is stopped. Now we have to get this th- this third and ten, or we give them the ball or miss the field goal yep. because it's a forty-one yarder. Like if you take it, you have to make it if you're Josh Allen. Yeah. Well, and that's the other tough part is that so the ball like bounced like eight yards in front of him, in front of the receiver, and he kind of like the offensive lineman kind of like backed into him. Yep. So I wasn't sure if that was like the contact that made him miss or if he kind of just bailed on the throw. 
You know, because it almost looked like he just bailed on that throw because it didn't look like he got hit hard enough that the ball wouldn't get there. And if that's the case, like, that's not a throw you can bail on. Just, like, you have to get it to the to the guy underneath if, if you're going to make that throw. I have to imagine it's because the pressure, whether the pressure actually hit him <laughs> or whether he was just worried about it, so he bailed because of the pressure. But the pressure, I think, was Chris Jones mm-hmm. pushing yeah. Deion Dawkins into, into Josh. Dion, what are you doing? Did you hear what he did before the game? What? He went up to Patrick Mahomes and said, good luck. As in, like, you're not going to win this. You're going to need luck. So you know what Mahomes did after the game? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he posted an Instagram with, quote, good luck. Exactly. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, uh, you were the favorite. You mm. were at home. You had things going your way. Uh, but everyone knew you're still going up against... The guy that's been to five, entering yesterday, five straight AFC championships. Why would you poke the bear? Say that to him after the game. Mm-hmm. Or when they're down 14 with 27 seconds left or exactly. something Say like that. good luck that. after the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't do it before the game. Oh, uh, because all of Broncos country wanted to see the Chiefs fall. Yep. And we kind of had this conversation before uh, the show, and we put it on pause it shouldn't have even been this close. Mm-hmm. Like, Tyler Bass, you gotta hit a 41-yard field goal. But it shouldn't have come down. Like, yes, he has to hit that. There's blame on Tyler Bass. We mentioned others. blame on Diggs. There's blame on Josh Allen. But this game, it shouldn't have been this close. Unfortunately, like you said, Todd, it did feel like, oh, man, the Bills are going to do this for mm-hmm. the first quarter or so. But then the more the game just went on, the more it was like, the Chiefs should honestly be up 14 points right Easily. now. Huh. The, this shouldn't be a game. I mean, shame, uh, and we might have disagreement on this, shame on Andy Reid for giving me Cole Hardman the ball My in gosh. the red zone. Like, you got Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, I trust, and Patrick Mahomes. I trust those two, three guys so much. Don't give it to me, Cole. I think you have to use them if they're out there. <laughs> Who are you starters? To? Yeah, exactly. Like you Isaiah have to Pacheco use them. Or Travis Kelsey. But you, th- but you, you think about the Bills. <laughs> you think about the Bills and how they were able to get in position to even have a chance to uh, tie the game. They were using what was number ten's name? What's his Shakir? name? Shakir. They yeah, were using yeah. Shakir. You yeah. got yeah. Stephon Diggs. You got Kincaid. Yeah. You got Knox. And you got Josh Allen. But you're going to use because this is the one player you're not expecting to get the ball. Yeah. And if you're out here, you got to make plays. You can't yeah. just be out here suited up, looking good with your gloves on yep. to yeah. be out there running routes yeah. on air. <laughs> At some point, we need you to make a play. You know, you got to bring something to the table. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, Todd, you uh, um, aren't in offensive meetings, Mm -hmm. but does every team, because I feel like um, Bill Belichick first got, like, all the praise for this, and then Andy Reid said it after the game, but is it preached in every single locker room that you do not reach the ball out unless it's like a fourth and goal situation near the goal line. Absolutely. I mean, it's preached in team meetings. Mm. So even defensive players know, like, if you get a pick six and you're yeah. going and it's close, we'd <laughs> yeah. rather have you go out unless it's like a game-winning, game-tying play. Yeah. You don't reach it out. There's no point. Especially then it was it would have been third in inches. Yeah. Like, we're yes. going to put this yes. ball in the end zone. Like, yes. don't worry. Yes. That's why you don't give him the ball if you can't trust him. <laughs> Did you see, was it Dre Greenlaw? I think it was Dre Greenlaw for the 49ers who got, like, two interceptions. And both times, the like, returns were just insane. Mm. Like, the, the last one, they had won the game. Like, he just needs to go down. And the whole time, like, 
he's like zigzagging, zigzagging. The one before that was even worse. Like he's just all over the field, going back and forth. He's about to go down. It looks like he's trying to hand the ball off to another DB, and you're just like, <laughs> "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like, like just, just you did your job. Just be happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I know that drove Kyle Shanahan nuts after the For game. Sure. <laughs> For sure. Do uh, is that something that's preached to you guys too? What defensive guys specifically, like in end of game situations. If you make the game-winning play, don't blow it. Just go down. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> it's about one time to shine. We have the game. Like, if I fumble it, they get it back. They're, you know, they're not going to uh, score. Yeah. So, at least I got to get in the end zone or try. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I'm it. supposed to go down. <laughs> but, nah, I got to try. Uh, you did it, too. Yeah, I got an end zone, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key thing. You That's it. Score. That's it. Uh, um, I just saw a wild comment come through that Ooh. i want to pass you away honestly i didn't think that this was going uh to be brought up today at uh -oh. all and i definitely disagree with it but i want to know if you guys do it as well but you got to <clears throat> check out our friends over at bet365 before we get into that and use the code dnvr365 man this sunday uh, this is like the most excited i've been for uh, huh. a day of football non-Broncos day of football in so long. I think both of these games, Ravens, Chiefs, and then 49ers, Lions, is going to be awesome. And so you're going to want to make sure that you're in on the action over at Bet365. Use that code DNVR365, and you're going to be able to choose one of two things. They're going to give you a free bet safety net up to $2,000 of your first bet. If that loses, you're going to get up to $2,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet loses. Or you bet $5, they're going to give you $150 in bonus bets when you use that code DNVR365. So get in on the championship games this weekend. Of course, you can also bet on anything over at Bet365. So use that code DNVR365. Must be 21 and older, physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, once help, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And check out our friends over at Game Time. If you want to be in the building for Championship Weekend, it's going to be phenomenal. The best way to get your tickets is through Game Time. And they have a Game Time guarantee, and that means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets at the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can't beat that. Go check out our friends over at Game Time. It's really best to really wait to the last second to get your tickets on Game Time because the longer you wait, the better the pricing is going to be. They have all-in pricing. You don't have to worry about fees when you get to your cart. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DMVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code DMVR for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. So I mm -hmm. can't see who left this comment, but someone said, um, Do we still regret not dra drafting Josh Allen? Uh. I think I think you still have to. A yes, bit. just to be of in the course. yeah, just to be in that <laughs> position. Like you know, even if you're losing, like you're in a position to where we're either in the AFC Championship game or have the opportunity to go to the championship yeah. game. Like I think he still he still would have been a good piece of our puzzle. Is Josh Allen the goat in the NFL right now? No, but is no. he a top quarterback that, like you said, Todd, gives you a shot? Is is giving you a home playoff game come January? Yep. Yes. And what is he, 27 or something like that? Yeah. I still wish the Broncos had Josh Allen instead of Bradley Chubb, who is a very good player. But there's a difference between uh, a borderline Pro Bowl pass rusher and in borderline elite or just straight up elite quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, well, he's an elite pass rusher. He's a Pro Bowl pass rusher. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, no. He's been a pass or a Pro Bowler once or twice? 
So yeah, 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 a pro, a pro, a pro Bowl pass rusher, no yeah. doubt. Um, but <laughs> you'd rather have that quarterback. I think yeah, quarterback is the most. It's only because quarterback is the most important piece of your team. Like regardless, it doesn't matter who you have in your squad. You need a good quarterback, and I yeah. think that's what's going to happen to the 49ers Is they're going to have a lot of pieces, and I think they don't have an elite quarterback. So I think it's going to all be for naught by the end of the year. Well, let's talk about mm-hmm. that game because uh, did the wheels start falling off on Purdy? He, uh, I mean, they barely win that game, barely. and he should have had two additional interceptions. I mean, Green Bay Packers in the right spot. Right both hands, hands on it and just right through the hands. If one of those gets picked off, 49ers probably lose that game. If both of them get picked off, I'm very comfortable saying the 49ers absolutely lose that game. Yep. And Brock Purdy was in the conversation for MVP. Maybe had the best shot of any quarterback to win MVP uh, outside of Lamar Jackson. And uh, now when the light's the brightest, it did not look good. No, it definitely didn't look good. But, I mean, he has a lot of great pieces around him. I think they're going to succeed whether he does great or not i just mm. don't feel like they can win a super bowl without him being great and i don't know if he's there yet uh, i don't know if he's still growing but i definitely feel like they really shouldn't have won that game uh-huh. they should not so they got lucky uh-huh. i don't know if they could do it again and yeah. keep doing it brock purdy's not that good like he's better <laughs> than jimmy garoppolo like he's definitely like an upgrade over that but not by that much like that's why the whole mvp thing kind of bothered me because like, give it to Christian McCaffrey. Give it to, like, three other guys on that team. Like, he's not even the most valuable player on that team. Like, you could probably bench him, put in Sam Darnold, and you'd be better off doing that than benching Christian McCaffrey and going to the backup running back. Mm-hmm. Or same thing with, like, one of the receivers. So, I I don't know. I, I do think that not having a quarterback is going to be the reason they don't win the Super Bowl this year. Mm. I don't know if that's going to be because they lose this weekend, which is going to be a lot of fun. Like, I think there's going to be a lot of Lion fans at that game. Like, it's, I mean, they've never had this before. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, they'd be willing to blow an insane amount of money to go out there and watch that game. Meanwhile, the 49ers, it's every year they make to this point. And they've got a big fan base, and it's not going to be, like, more Lions fans than 49ers fans. But the Lions definitely have the magic right now. And the 49ers, I don't know. There's a team that gets by on talent. You know, they just out-talent people all year. Like, that's what they do. They've got all pros at basically every position. And so you don't even have to, like, everybody wants to praise Kyle Shanahan and he's a good coach or whatever, but, like, I could probably win if you give me Nick Bosa and Trent Williams and Ayuk and Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Traverius Ward is now amazing. Fred Warner, uh, Ufunga is hurt, but he was, like, not Randy Gray. We don't need to bring up Randy Gray. Like, Did you say Nick Bosa, maybe their best player? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got Chase Young. at the, Like, they're going to just out-talent teams over and over and over again. And now, once you get to the point where you're not just straight up more talented than the other team, it, it becomes a real football game. And that Lions offense is going to be tough to stop. And they're not going to score every time like they have so far because the 49ers have a good defense. But like they're going to go in there confident. And they have all that magic. And they're going to have fans out there. And I, I, I have a tough time seeing the 49ers winning, honestly. I agree with you. I mean, this week, I, I have a tough time seeing them winning. Yeah. Um, they, if we do a power rankings... They might be last because of Brock Purdy. Like you said, I mean, you laid out just how amazingly talented they are. But, boy, if I'm a 49ers fan, I am not feeling confident. And they're still the favorites uh, in Vegas to win. I think they're only, like, plus 150 to win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I do not like those odds at all. Uh, The other game, the worst game of the weekend, man, how about the Baltimore Ravens? They look 
like the best team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Not a surprise because they were the one seed. But you have MVP likely Lamar Jackson, who was great, but he was not the best part of their team. The best part of their team was an entire defensive unit. And so when your MVP plays like an MVP and he is not really even the star of the show, it's an entire side of the ball, that's scary. They give up three points to C.J. Stroud and the Texans. That Texans Mm -hmm. team that destroyed a a really good Browns defense just the week before, they give up three points to them. Unreal. That that defense is elite, man. If you want to talk about the D-line, the linebackers, the safeties and corners, like all the way around, they're playing really good football right now. And like you said, it's really like they're the best part of their team. And you forget about um, OBJ and Lamar Jackson and um, a pretty good offensive line as well. So I don't see them being stopped. Um, I know that based on the NFL logo, (laughs) they're supposed to be in the Super Bowl but lose the Super Bowl. I don't agree. I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. The logo says who's going to lose? Yeah, so based on the logo, the team with the least amount of color in it is the team that actually wins. Oh. And if you look at the logo, Mm. it's mostly purple and a little bit of red. Mm. And every year, like when the Rams won, it was mostly whatever, but then just yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. of Rams colors. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's supposed to be the 49ers. It's supposed oh. to be the 49ers. We also need to go back to the old Super Bowl logos. They suck now. It's just the same logo every year. It's just like the don't numbers. I don't even know what the logo is. I mean... You're it's, saying they were actually different logos as opposed to just exactly. changing colors every year? Yeah, mm. exactly. Like, remember, like, the Broncos Super Bowl oh, logos? Oh, right, right, right. Of course. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Like, oh, this guy made this thing. But, like, they used to be, like, cool, oh, unique really logos. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And now they're just, like, the exact oh, same thing. It's yeah, just the trophy yeah. and the number, and uh-huh. then they change the colors. Yeah, that was um, actually you just really Google cool. it? I couldn't a, find a good one. That was a really cool graphic. The one that, the one Google that you it. Google really it, cool. man. <laughs> Super Bowl logos. <laughs> this one just kind of like goes really fast like this. It's like a GIF or something. Yeah, it's really um, cool, but it really does not show up no, on Nick's no, computer from far no. away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, the Ravens are just the best team. Mm-hmm. Like they are just by far the best team. It's awesome now seeing playoff Lamar because he's finishing runs. He's just taking off constantly, but then he's like going into DBs, especially like they'll yeah. have like two guys kind of like blocked and he'll just like power right in there. It's awesome. And obviously you don't do that during the season because that's just not sustainable. But when you get to the point where he doesn't have to worry about getting hurt or anything like that, like it's kind of just, if if you get hurt, you're screwed, but you have to do whatever you can to make it to the next round. Like, it's incredible. 100 rushing yards from a quarterback, efficient passing. Like he powers that offense better than Josh Allen definitely powers the Bills offense. Probably better than Mahomes does with the Chiefs too. Like I think that he's the most valuable quarterback and like you said they've got the best defense. And then you look at the running game with like the running backs and all that stuff and all of a sudden it just seems kind of like open and shut. They are the best team. Now it's football so like they could screw up, but it, it does look to me like they're by far the best team left. Yeah, and they were missing two of their best five players in this past game, and they're likely going to have both of them yes. back. They didn't have Mark Andrews, who looks like he's going to be back next week, who's maybe Lamar's best weapon or mm-hmm. most comfortable weapon or most important weapon in the passing game. And they didn't have Marlon Humphrey either. Mm-hmm. Shout out mm-hmm. Ronald Darby, your former teammate. Yep. Did you guys overlap? Yeah. And he had a hell of a game. I mean, especially that, what was it, the very first drive of the Texans? He had a great pass breakup. He's in there instead of Marlon Humphrey, uh, who's a Pro Bowl cornerback as well. Really good. So, man, that is where you should have confidence 
that the Chiefs will be knocked off is the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and what we saw yesterday is, man, mm-hmm. it's tough to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But going up against the best defense in the NFL, uh, on the road again for Mahomes, just his second road game in, in playoffs uh, history for him, and then also against the MVP. Like, mm-hmm. you couldn't have designed a better team to knock off the Chiefs than the Ravens are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be the... The one thing that gets the Chiefs this year, they've had an up and down year, but in the playoffs, they look like vintage mm-hmm. uh, Chiefs for sure. But I don't think they can do anything with the the Ravens. They're too good. They're too good. Yeah. And so, you know, it was my my belief that the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. You picked the Bills? I, I forgot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got to say one more thing. Uh, I went 4-0 this week. You did. You I did go nice. I don't know who else went 4-0, but <laughs> I don't think anyone let's get the brooms did. out. No. I was 3-1. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, this week, first of all, the Chiefs aren't just going to run Pacheco for seven yards of pop against the Ravens. Right. Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. Like, all those shotgun, and all of a sudden it's like second and two every single time. Like, that's just not going to happen. You're going to need Mahomes to do the Mahomes stuff basically every play. You're going to need Travis Kelsey to continue to not drop passes, which is possible. But you're also going to need, like, Marcus Valdez Scantling to not be what he was this week and be what he's been for the other, like, 26 years of his life and so there's so many things that the Chiefs could just like screw up that I feel good about the other thing with Mark Andrews coming back is that if I'm the Ravens I'm giving him the chance to have like five catches for 75 yards and a touchdown on the first drive like the way the Ravens came out like they kind of like almost just like felt their way into the game like they started kind of slow it's like handing stuff off it's being kind of conservative now you throw Mark Andrews in like you're just calling like almost like two-man game, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson for that whole first drive and see if you can just get him started hot. And I think that it should work against this Chiefs defense. Like, you should be able to just feed him right off the top and then they have to, like, overload the middle, the edges start opening up. Like, having Mark Andrews back, that's probably their best skill position player. Like, obviously, outside of Lamar, like, you put him on that team, all of a sudden that offense should just get going from the start. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? Three of the four remaining teams have, I, this isn't actually that crazy, but have the uh, top three defenses in the NFL in terms mm. of scoring. Does that remind you of something? Super Bowl 50. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Good teams uh, typically have good defenses. The one team that doesn't fit that, so uh, Ravens are one, mm-hmm. I think 49ers are two, and the Chiefs are three. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs also have a really good defense. The team that doesn't fit that is the Lions. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Will I think the biggest question for the Lions is will they be able to take their game on the road? Because all the reports are that I mean Detroit's just been absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. I think the commentator said they've never heard a place as loud as when their defense is on the field and then it's the quiet. Well, and then it's quiet. Maybe the Montana fans aren't as smart no, as we're the smart Detroit fans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's quiet when their offense is on the field. We know that I mean, it was going to be hard to beat them, and now they got to take that on the road, but. They handle business. It, man, it, the, it was a close game, but I always felt like the Bucks really were never going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were either. Um, one thing I am interested to see is how Jared Goff comes out and plays. Because mm-hmm. I was hearing a lot of reports about how the crowd chanting his name before the game like calmed, his, calmed him down. Yep. And I wonder how you... <laughs> How he handles not having that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Now, like, you're in enemy territory. Yep. Nobody's screaming for you. All the pressure's on. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is the game before the Super Bowl. What are you going to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And then the other thing with the Lions defense, 
Like, it's not a great defense by the big numbers, but they do have the number two rushing defense, yep. number three in yards per attempt. So, like, they can load that box up and stop Christian McCaffrey, or at least they have a good chance at yeah. it. And what does that mean? The secondary's weak, but you're just asking Brock Purdy to go pick him apart and go blow for blow with Jared Goff. I like Goff in that battle. Yeah, man. And Dan Campbell and Kyle Shanahan couldn't be, like, more different prototypes mm-hmm. as coaches, mm-hmm. yet I think from everyone that I've talked to that's, that's been around either of them or, or just hearing things, they're both such lovable guys to play for. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan's a great offensive mind. Dan Campbell's like the ultimate motivator. I'm so excited for these games. And we're going to give our picks later in this week. Um, and uh, there's also other news. We got kicked off. Football got kicked off this week a day before game started by the Raiders officially... Um hiring Antonio Pierce. Are you guys worried about that? Is this bad news for the Broncos? Or were they drinking celebratory Breckenridge beers over the weekend? And if you want to get yourself some Breckenridge beers, check out our friends over at breckbrew.com where you can get Breckenridge beers all across the country. And you can find out where to get the official beer of DNVR over at breckbrew.com. Top left-hand corner is going to be a beer locator where you can not only see where you can get Breckenridge beers, but you can see where to get Strawberry Sky, Broncos Country Ale, uh, some hoppy beers, also uh, some Michael Porter Juniors, if you want, as well. Wait. Michael Vanilla Porter Jr. Vanilla Porter as Jr. Well. Yeah. Not, you don't tell Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> you can't buy him. No, you can't. Uh, so check out our friends, breckbrew.com, the official beer of DNVR. Uh, go check out Circle K, too. They've got a bunch of good stuff. Um, I've still... I've only had the chips from over there. I haven't gotten around. I guess I had one of those chocolate-covered raisins, too. But I'm a little surprised that we've done so well and that's still stock. Oh, stock. There we go. Some <laughs> sea salt roasted almonds. Mm, sea salt roasted almonds. See, that's a nice healthy snack, too. Uh-huh. Wow. I get you right. Yeah, sea salt roasted peanuts. I do love peanuts. Those aren't as good for you, though. Those are like fatty. Almonds mm-hmm. are good for you. Peanuts, not good for you. Almonds are fatty, too. But still, both it's, maybe not, it's, it's not a bad fat. Okay, it yeah, is less. Yeah. I you trust know, Todd. You know, yeah. peanuts aren't nuts. They're legumes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. What? <laughs> That's not messed up. What? <laughs> they're like beans. Huh? They're like beans. No, they're not. I agree. No, it's, a, it's like the same thing as like the tomato thing. Right. It's, it's a like fruit. a tomato is a fruit. And it's like, well, nobody eats it like a fruit. <laughs> the peanut is the only nut with nut in his name. Everything else is a cashew. <laughs> walnut. 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 Yeah. Mm. You're going to tell me that's not a nut? Are Brazil we sure nut? walnut? Is walnut a nut? I have no idea. You seem like you're the nut expert. <laughs> you're the fun bag. I only know that one. <laughs> um, there's a whole bunch of st- oh, okay. There's a bunch of uh, cool stuff at Circle K um, that we have been eating through. There was actually a whole pile over there that's dried up because the Nuggets and Avs guys were here all weekend for their mm, shows. That's um, how the Breckenridge Distillery got opened, huh? Yeah, apparently. Um, if you want to sign up for the free membership, the Inner Circle at Circle K, you can download the app, use the QR code, and your first five gas fill-ups will be 25 cents off a gallon. You also get things like the first five Polar Pops are free, every sixth item is free, a whole bunch of different things like pizza, the roller grill, dispensed beverages, donuts, all that. So go check out Circle K. It's, it's our favorite spot to go get snacks and gas because you can get it for that discount too. All right, really quick shout-out to our guy, Pat Sertan, and Marvin Mims for being named all AFC by the Pro Football Writers of America. No one made their all NFL team though. No Bronco. Wow. So Justin Simmons snubbed from the all AFC team. I think uh, all three of these guys 
our Pro Bowl starters, so mm-hmm. probably uh, snub from the All NFL team as well. But just another award for uh, Marvin as a rookie, and another award for Pat, who just continues to rack him up. We know he doesn't have space in his house for these anymore. Yeah, probably asked him not to put him on that one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got too many awards here. Um, will Antonio Pierce bring awards to the Las Vegas Raiders? What do you think about this move? I think it's a great move for the team. Mm. Um, I think they have tried every coach possible, from Josh McDaniel <laughs> to John Gruden yeah. to Jack Del Rio. Like they tried every mix of uh, long tenure coaches, successful coaches, Super Bowl winning coaches, mm-hmm. hard nosed coaches, and now they have a coach that's like a uh, a players coach um, and brings a lot of energy. I think they should definitely give him a try. Um, and they play like with a different kind of level of intensity. Um, yeah. I think the second half of the season. So. As far as for the Raiders organization, I think it's good. Uh, is he beatable? Yes, as far as Broncos fans. So we just got to come ready to play, man. I don't, I don't know if the coach matters anymore. We kind of lost <laughs> yeah. with a plethora of coaches. Exactly. So that's, that <laughs> it's was, more about us. That's kind of my big takeaway, too, is like I've, Antonio Pierce doesn't scare me. Like he might be the right decision, but like they need a quarterback. Like if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to be that good. Mm. And so like, well, what if they get the quarterback? What if the Broncos get a quarterback? You know, like that's just such a big what if that like, the Raiders are just kind of irrelevant. Like they beat the Broncos every time, so I don't. It doesn't. It's like, oh, now now Antonio Pierce, he's gonna raise their level, and then what? What they're gonna beat the Broncos? They already do that. It doesn't matter. They're not gonna be Super Bowl contenders. Like, I don't know. People people were upset that they didn't hire Rich Bisaccia in the same situation last time. Like, oh, it blew up in their faces. Like they should have just kept him. We don't know. Rich Bisaccia didn't work. There, nobody was holding Mark Davis's hands over the fire, saying like, well. Either you hire Rich Bisaccia or you hire Josh McDaniels. Like, they weren't forced. The problem wasn't not hiring Rich Bisaccia. The problem was hiring Josh McDaniels, who we all knew sucked. So they could have gone out there and gotten, like, Jim Harbaugh or whoever and gotten a good coach. Um, I don't know. It's no big deal. It is crazy to me, though, that he was, like, the fall guy at Arizona State for all of their recruiting violations during COVID when, like, they were just, like, sneaking recruits into the facilities when on-campus recruiting wasn't allowed. And Herm Edwards was like, it wasn't me. Like, it was that guy. He got fired from Arizona State like two, three years ago, and now he's an NFL head coach, which is pretty ridiculous, but look, you know, good for him. You know what might be even more ridiculous is now Herm Edwards is like a consultant for him, so uh-huh. they probably yeah. had a, a deal. Oh, like, yeah, they're guys. Herm was the like, boys. hey, you take this for me because I'm higher up. Uh, you take the fall, and uh, then you'll hire me to be a consultant later? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. wild. Yeah, clearly they're guys. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I feel like... He's not the first coach to do something crazy in college. Every NFL coach has done that. Look at Jim Harbaugh. Look at Pete Carroll. Uh, (laughs) It's been a lot of them. Um, But I think that that usually former players do pretty good as head coaches. Look around the league Mm -hmm. at Domingo Ryans. um, Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on Dan Campbell. Campbell. Um, Yeah, so I think think he should do a great job. Uh, We'll do pretty good with it. Well, yeah, that's what the numbers say, too, is that um, especially on the defensive side, former players seem to mm. help more as coaches than non-former players. That's what all the nerds say. I've been saying a lot about well, what the nerds what say. That's also what Todd says, though. Yeah. What are you saying? We just say only defensive guys. Mostly that's, defensive um, guys. That's, that's what they found, though, is that offensively. are a little smarter than offensive guys. Uh, offensive guys might be too smart for their own good. They might be. They might be. I think they are. They might be. But, yeah, I mean, it's Antonio Pierce. Like, it's good. Like, he's, like, he gives off, like, Raider vibes. Like, he's from California. He's from, like, L.A. Like, he seems to get it. Like, 
there were all the stories come out like the week before the Broncos playing at the end of the year where it's like he's out there like stopping and hugging every all the Raider fans and all that sort of stuff. Like he's a Raider guy. Like he gets it. He'll bring that culture back to what it should be. But what that culture is, is kind of like. So uh, what did they ever do? You know, so, <laughs> so <laughs> it's the Raiders. Let's put a grade on this. I would. Uh, Henry's uh, shockingly said a lot of good points here. Wow. Um, I would put a B on this the almonds the Raiders like didn't really have a choice when Max Crosby your best defensive player maybe just straight up your best player on the team comes out and I don't know if he said word for word but he very much hinted at this if you don't hire Antonio Pierce I am likely going to request a trade mm. you don't have to give in to that but let's say he does it we also know Devonte Adams was a big fan of Antonio Pierce so if Max Crosby wants out because you don't hire Antonio Pierce, then Devontae Adams wants out. If you have no talent on your team, good luck. I don't care what coach you are. But why I'm giving this a B instead of an A is, is Antonio Pierce going to fix the, the quarterback problem? And until they have a quarterback, they're just like any other NFL team that doesn't have a quarterback. doesn't really matter how good your head coach is. Antonio Pierce, I think, went 6-5. and five down the stretch mm -hmm. after a team fires their head coach to have a winning record as an interim head coach really impressive it's not like he was eight and two with them or anything where it's like he could win regardless of the quarterback position maybe Aiden O'Connell's it um if they really wanted to take the big gamble they would have hired Jim Harbaugh because if anyone can find the quarterback among these coaches that are available it's probably Jim Harbaugh and you lose potentially Max Crosby and Devontae Adams in the locker room when you do that. So that's why it's a massive risk. But he also has the upside of potentially if you hire Jim Harbaugh, you're showing these guys like, hey, we're spending a lot of money to go get a really good head coach. Hang with us. We're also going to get the quarterbacks. That would have been riskier, but a higher ceiling. But, I mean, I feel like they just didn't have an option. They had to go Antonio Pierce. And, and I do think Antonio Pierce, unfortunately, it is a really good coach. Yeah. Just the way he's really got that locker room going. Yeah, I think it's an A for them. I think they could have made the wrong decision and went and got somebody else and lost the locker room mm -hmm. and still need to get a quarterback. And what this is telling me is like now they're just one quarterback away. Like they have their just head like the coach. Broncos. Yeah, mm -hmm. just like the Broncos. <laughs> uh, I think the Texans were way more than the quarterback yeah, to start the year oh, last yeah. year. Yeah. So I think, you know, if the Raiders get a pretty good quarterback i don't know what their draft capital is or their you know uh how much money they have to spend this year but they might be in a good position um based off of this hire i feel like he's gonna like you said he brings that raider culture back to the team and although i don't want the raiders to do good i never do i think this was a good move by the organization yeah you hate the raiders i do make that be mm -hmm. known I do. oh man you said houston texans and that comp Ooh. scares me way too much <laughs> because uh yeah, D'Amico Ryan's hell of a head coach. Yeah. We've seen flashes of that from Antonio Pearson. D'Amico Ryan's not a quarterback whisperer. Mm -hmm. And what they did with C.J. Stroud, incredible. So, yeah, you don't have to be a quarterback whisperer as a head coach in order to develop a, a young guy. Yep. Also, a uh, good question. Who's the Raiders GM? So they're still searching, but they have interviewed Kelly Klein, who got married and now has yep. another name. last name that I just realized I don't know. <laughs> um, it's Van something. Yep. But Kelly Klein, who uh, came over from the Vikings with George Payton, right? Yep. And has been kind of like the number two for George with the Broncos. The reason that's really big news, first of all, is because we like Kelly and we'd be excited for her, but also because the Broncos would get two third-round picks if she takes a job as a GM 
because of like uh, because she's a minority basically as a as a woman as a coach. Now would or they GM would they get that if she was hired as an assistant GM? Because I I'm not positive. Oh yeah, because she's number think three. There isn't is she? one step up that she could take. There is because they've got uh, Moogie. Moogie. Yeah, yep. Darren Moogie. So yeah, she would be. So there is a chance that she does that. So I don't actually but know. Do you get the comps for that? You wouldn't get two. Yeah. You definitely wouldn't get the same. But they said they interviewed her for GM, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. But so it is something to watch. And then something else to watch. Christian Parker, Broncos, mm-hmm. 32-year-old defensive backs coach, on Friday was interviewed by the Patriots for their defensive coordinator job. The same thing would happen there? Or does that not happen? I think if it's for, a head coach, you get two-thirds. Yes, for sure for head coach. Coordinator, you get something? You get something. But that's something study. to keep an eye on because clearly – Vance is staying as the Broncos defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. he certainly earned that. But if there was anyone to ever become the Broncos defensive coordinator from within the organization, it would be Christian Parker. So losing him, you'd be happy for him. That's certainly a natural progression, but he's one hell of a coach. Yep. Yep. That's um, also, oh, I'll give it a B plus. No, A minus. Give me an A minus. I'll go with A minus. I think, I mean, the reason I don't love it. Obviously, there's all the stuff you like. Like, I figure he's from Long Beach. Like, I think he grew up like a Raider fan. Like, that's in like the glory days of the Raiders. Um, so I do think that like there's the culture stuff that you still see in the locker room with everybody loving him. Like, he's he's kind of like the right angry guy. But also, so he's looked really good as the coach so far. He followed up Josh McDaniels, so of course he looks good. Like, who wasn't <laughs> going to look good in that situation? Number two, he only has one year as a defensive coordinator experience. And that was at Arizona State. And so he is a little bit inexperienced to be taking on the job. I mean, he got some the second half of the season, so I guess you don't worry about that. And then the third reason I wouldn't just give him, like, the full A+, is because there are, like, like Bill Belichick's out there. Jim Harbaugh's out there. And I don't think the Raiders' job is desirable enough for for them to actually go get one of those guys. But there were a couple of just, like, top tier coaches, Hall of Fame type of coaches who were available. And Antonio Pierce hasn't proven that. So... Like none of those three things are like massive, but you combine them all, it's like an A minus seven A plus. Man, it would have been uh, very interesting to see if they would have got a big name head coach to see if Max Crosby and Devontae Adams at Raiders locker room would have lost him. One last thing on Antonio Pierce, I've never seen a uh, a fan base and an organization. I don't embrace isn't the right word. But rally around a coach like the Raiders did Antonio Pearson. We were mm-hmm. out there for the game. He was like the primary focus of all of the pump up videos mm-hmm. that they were scoring on the mm-hmm. sh- showing on the scoreboard. <laughs> like, it, let's say the Broncos went ten and seven this year, and Sean was like a wild success mm-hmm. in Denver. Even then, or like Mike Shanahan, who's loved in Denver, or Gary Kubiak, like great coaches that are loved <laughs> in Denver, have never been like the guy pumping up the crowd is like the focal point. You got, you got the players doing that. Like mm-hmm. that's who's on. And the fact that it was Antonio Pierce, it was like, this is so crazy. And I think that speaks to more than just, he got the locker room. Yeah. He got the entire fan base. For so sure. not mm-hmm. only do you lose the locker room, if you don't hire him, you probably lose a lot of the fan base because of how he relates, but it's just so crazy seeing a head coach, be the dude that's featured to pump guys up and pump the the stadium up because I've just never seen it before. It, it says been. a lot about him as yeah. a person. Uh-huh. And I think that X's and O's are great, but I think in the NFL, any play can work. 
any scheme could work if you guys execute it. It's more about the relationships you have with your players. I think that's what they're going to get from Antonio Pierce. He's going to have great relationships with those guys, and they're going to play harder because of it. The X's and O's are kind of going to work themselves out. I mean, unless you're like Andy Reid or um, another like crazy-minded like genius. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like most of the X's and O's, we're running cover three, running cover one. Like this is what we do. Right. We got to execute, and I think you're – execute at a high level because of how hard the guys believe in what you guys have going and believe in the game plan. Yeah, Dan Campbell. He's yeah. like the Dan Campbell mold. Yep. And boy, would I want to play for Dan Campbell. Yep. <laughs> Except Imagine, in training camp. I don't really want to tackle off oh, training you're camp. Dead. Then. No, not yeah. me. No, no. <laughs> Imagine 2015, though. It's like fourth quarter, third down. And like on the big screen, the Broncos just put Gary Kubiak. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it'd be crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's for Coop. Cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Uh, it's, it's, it's wild. Um, okay, let's hop into the comment section. Now that it's the off season, we want to get back into the comment section. I mentioned last week that we're going to do a mailbag every single mm -hmm. Monday. So stay tuned for that. That's only going to be on YouTube. So those of you that listen on the podcast side, make sure to jump over to DNVR Sports uh, where we're going to get to the mailbag questions. And if you want your comment read on the mailbag, that one's going to be more like football focused, mm -hmm. getting your, your questions answered. Leave your comment. Um, on the DNVR, we're going to post the mailbag on the DNVR.com. So leave your comment on the mailbag. And if you're a diehard, you'll be able to leave your comment. And then we'll get to that on the following week's diehard uh, mailbag. But we also want to make sure that we're hitting some of these comments throughout the week. So we're going to try our best to get back that vibe and that community feel at the end of our shows now that it's the off season, we have a little bit more time. And we do have a lot of those questions from last week that I want to make sure we get to. So let's start from our friend Broncos Only. He says, I haven't been commenting since week two because the season's been so demoralizing. But when they start to turn it around, I felt much better. He says, your, your podcast is better than ever. It has always been great, but the addition of Todd Davis has taken it to the next level. Todd is a true insider with both credibility and humility. On top of that, I think that Hank is shockingly underrated. Mm. I find myself agreeing with takes that Hank is getting uh, crap this for. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Zach is the captain of the ship. You're right. He is smart. Yeah. With the dude, uh. we, we, without you, would be adrift. And even Yahir deserves a shout even out Yahir. for making the pod awesome. Oh, you're getting Yahir to smile. Yahir represents the audience and chimes in with questions and answers that we are all thinking. I'm looking forward to an awesome first half of the offseason. Broncos only. Why is it going to be just an only awesome first half of the offseason? What what catastrophic thing is going to happen to make it bad in the second half? We get to talk know. about the draft and free agency, and then it dries up. Oh, and then it dries up. Yeah, I, I hope mean, so. I that's hope that's fair. what he means. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and then the dead cap hits, and then it all. Yeah. Yeah. Broncos are back, by the way. The Broncos, uh, Sean Payton and the coaching staff is back, so maybe we find out about Russ's future this week. Maybe it takes a couple of weeks, but Sean, if he holds true to his word, he said, we're going to let Russ know when we know, mm -hmm. uh, and we're not going to drag this decision out. I would have to think, if you're thinking about the future, you probably start with quarterback yeah. in meetings this week. So maybe we find out as soon as tomorrow that they're deciding to move on from Russ, or maybe they keep that decision internal for a little bit. So stay tuned uh, for that. That's really the only thing that could happen um in the next couple of weeks next one coming in from our friend nash bronco he's got a pod topic suggestion 
He says, We'll love to hear more about how keeping a staff together impacts the players in the locker room. I know Todd was both was part of both scenarios, a clean sweep and retaining most or all coaches. This is the first year in a while that it seems like all the coaches and staff will return unless they get poached. What have we heard from this? So, Todd, how big of a difference is it? I think it's a huge difference. I think you have continuity with uh, the coaches and players that were there last year. And then usually I feel like those positions play better. So even when they do do a clean sweep and they keep like an offensive line coach and a DB coach, when you look at the film from the next year, those two groups usually play better than the rest mm-hmm. just because of continuity and having like a good relationship with that coach that's still there. So that's what I'm hopeful for. And one of the reasons why I felt like even after week five, they should keep Vance yeah. because just mm-hmm. cycling in and cycling out, you're going to have a learning curve. You're not going to be your best. It's going to take time and you need that continuity from year to year to be your best. What's the most angry you ever were about a team either keeping or getting rid of a coach? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I ever was. No. My linebacker coach was with me the entire time. Well, no. after he came my first year with um, Kubiak. So my linebacker coach stayed through all the coaches. So yeah. I was good. That was my guy. We were rocking together, oh. and I was able to keep it uh, – we had a good relationship. Everybody else that came and went. And then also other guys I like, like Bill Kolar was there yeah. the entire time. Um, Montana State. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Montana State. Yeah, we don't love that part. <laughs> Speaking of Kolar, did all the players love him? Or because he had a very different style of coaching where I know like at least a lot of the defensive linemen that played for him absolutely loved him. Mm-hmm. But I would think that that wouldn't vibe with everyone. Everybody loved him. Everyone loved Everyone him. Did. Unless you were a rookie defensive lineman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you hated him until like that yeah. third year because he was on your head if you were a rookie D lineman. But he was cool with everybody else. Damn, that is impressive yeah. to have that sort of coaching style and be loved. Mm-hmm. That's like maybe the one of the most difficult things to do. But he's not lying and he's not like coming yeah. at you through you. Right. He's just speaking the truth. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't handle it, you can't handle yeah, it. Yeah. You know? You probably shouldn't be playing football, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, so am I picking this up right that the position coaches kind of matter more to players than the higher you get up, like the the coordinator or the head coach? That's the one, the position coach is the one that really impacts you guys the most. For sure, because that's the one we're in the meetings with. Uh, day in and day out. Yeah. He's the one always like critiquing our work and making us better. It's kind of he's kind of like the liaison between the coordinator and the and the players. Yeah. So most of your communication is with uh, your your specific position coach, unless you have a coordinator that also coaches the position. Then that you know that changes things. But most of the time, your position coach is the guy that you talk to the most, the guy that you get your uh, questions answered from um, the guy you communicate with. So for sure. This is really eye-opening from my perspective because this kind of reminds me of the cash versus salary cap that we talked about earlier. Uh We're like, I didn't realize that. Of course, players only think of the cash while outside of the organization, you only think about the cap. Here, it's like the head coach and the coordinator from an outsider perspective. That's the most important thing by far. But from a player's perspective, it is the guys that you deal with the most on a not just day-to-day basis, but hourly by hourly basis. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Then, like, talking to some of the offensive linemen about Zach Streif, the new offensive line coach, they say, like, that's the big difference. And I know, like, people people don't think the offensive line was good this year, and the metrics would say they were one of the best, and you have to remember that most offensive lines are terrible. But what they were saying, like, in, in particular, a couple of them brought up 
how helpful he's been for Lloyd Cushenberry and identifying the protection or identifying the mic, saying the protections, all that sort of stuff. And that basically every play, everybody was set up properly to, bro to block the play because Lloyd got taught the right way how to, how to get them all set up. Wow. And yeah. Lloyd has been around Mike Munchak too. So that's, uh, that is true. That's very high praise. Lloyd, according to pro football focus, Todd's uh, favorite <laughs> Lloyd is, uh, <laughs> they project his contract to be four years, $14 million per year. Wow. So yeah. if Zach Streif did help Lloyd that much, Lloyd might want to get set some aside for <laughs> him. And <laughs> last year it was like eight and a half million for four years for Dalton Reisner. Yeah. Who unfortunately didn't even get a job and wound up with like 2.9 million on one year after the season had started. So that's pro football focus. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that means uh, Lloyd will get double that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. $4 yeah. million. Dollars. Yep. <laughs> um, and last one on the comments for today coming in from KW7 says, when are we seeing Henry get turned into dust by Singleton? Okay. Well, hopefully I don't get turned into <laughs> dust. Hopefully I'm still just like a person, but um, I have not. I don't know. That's yeah. something we'll have to figure out at some point. It is something that we're going to figure out this off season. Honestly, the sooner, the better. I don't want Alex getting rested Stronger. up. Stronger. You know? Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I guess either who's playing well at the end of the year. So I guess he wasn't like. He didn't look out of it, but you hope that there's like a little drop off for like a month as he's not really focused on football. So like a month after the season is probably the sweet spot. Cause that's when you said like you start like working out again, start getting ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want him at that lowest point there. Well, how about this then? You said Todd, that you started working out right after the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. If you didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. If Alex is in Vegas for the Super Bowl, we're going to be there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's like peak time. That's a yep. month after the season's been mm -hmm. over, right before he starts working out again. Yep. That could be it. That could be we'll it. We'll have RG I could drink one of those really big hurricanes that you get in the big old tubes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get loosened up, make sure uh, I'm yeah, good to go. Yeah, if you get drunk, you're like, it's like the car accident. Exactly. The drunk, right. the drunk person's yeah. always fine, yeah, yeah. yes. which is sad, but it is, it is you would sad, feel it yes. last your body would just, yeah. you know what I'm saying, exactly. going yeah. You, so you want to be lips. Does Alex have a, a couple of those too? Or oh, is I would he pray sober? that he would. Like, I hope so. I'm buying, I'm buying him whatever he wants before that. <laughs> so maybe that's when we get it done. Super maybe. Bowl week, because he was out there last year. He was. Maybe he'll be out there again this year. Yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah. I'd imagine they're having a special Olympics camp. Yeah, they I always do. So. And I would imagine he's like top of the list because he's always doing that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe that's when we get it dialed up. So you're going to be one of huh. make sure you're rolling with us. Super Bowl week. That's not next week, but the week after. We're going to be in Vegas for the Super that's Bowl. That's pretty crazy. We're going to have, I mean, we had like, what, 17 guests on throughout the week last year. Probably yeah. going to be even more this year. So stay tuned. Um, and do we have any Super Chats before we get out of here? Yeah, here. No Super Chats. Any final things you guys want to say? Any final thoughts on the weekend? 4-0, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I see Chris Sims on one of these broadcasts, because there's like a lot of NBC games now, I'm like, oh, yeah. He's, aw like, he's our guy. He's awesome. Yeah. When he came on the show last year at the Super Bowl, like, he was really good. And then you hear him there, and you're like, uh, he really just wants to say fuck a whole bunch, but <laughs> yes, he knows he, he can does. on TV. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get him on again. Oh, we're going to have to get him. Not only was he awesome and uh, brought great energy, mm -hmm. but he also said exactly what the Broncos are going to do. He said when free agency opens up, they're going to uh, earmuffs, go out and get uh, a couple of big fuckers for Sean yep. on that offensive line. Within yep. the first hour, they signed two guys on the offensive line. So excited for that. Excited to see Cody out there in Vegas, yes. our guy, Cody. Um, thank you all so much for rolling with us, Hank. Do you have one more thing? 
I could if you really want me to. No, no, no. Uh, I played I, a lot. Just, of... You like took a big breath like you were going to say something. No, so that's I just because I've oh. forgotten for a little bit. Oh, you forgot to breathe. Yeah. What's he going to be like after he gets hit by a linebacker, Todd? I guess you think to breathe now? I know. Whew. It's concerned for you. Yeah. I'm not sure if I said on the podcast. I told Alex. So, like, my family, they went to that last home game, like the 45-yard line. I'm not sure if anybody remembers the play. I think it was, like, a tight end. Caught a ball, like, five yards upfield. It was kind of like a little throw to the right. And Alex just, bang, just popped him. It was, like, the biggest hit of the season <laughs> from him because he's more of, like, a... I guess I shouldn't uh, say anything right now. Not, not yeah. nothing that you can <laughs> hear, but I mean, yeah, that that one that one made me a little nervous. Yeah, it should. And as Cody says, he's uh, it, Cody's already met Todd, uh, so he says, "Pumped to meet Zach and Hank, mm-hmm. or what's left of Hank, should I say?" Everybody's so happy about this, <laughs> <laughs> including your family. Yeah. Yeah, including. It's sad. It's That's sad. sad. Uh, what's not sad is we'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Make sure to tune in. Thank you all so much for all with us. Hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. And stay tuned for the mailbag. Drop in today over at DNVR Sports on YouTube. Flying cotton